I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Swapcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torrent Strait Islander peoples today. We're talking again about body swapping Welcome to the Swapcast Podcast, the world's only podcast dedicated to body swap movies. I'm your host, Paul Mitzi, and with me we have... Brendan Levi. And joining us this week is a very talented artist whose work you can currently see on the amazing Adult Swim series YOLO Silver Destiny. Welcome to the show, Levi George. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Hey. <laughs> In today's episode, we'll be breaking down the 1991 Don Bluth animated musical Rock-A-Doodle, starring Glenn Campbell and Christopher Plummer, where a human boy is transformed into a cat by an evil owl and goes on a quest to bring back a magical rooster to a farm or some shit. <laughs> but before we get into that... Just a reminder that we absolutely love hearing from our listeners and we welcome film suggestions for future episodes. So please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. Send us an email at theswapcastpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support our show, reviewing us is the best way possible. So to say thank you, if we reach 100 star ratings on iTunes and Spotify, we will finally fulfill our fans' most common request to review Face Off. Face Off. (laughs) So... Onto Rock-A-Doodle. Traditional cell hand-drawn animation has gone the way of the dodo of late, and going back to the films of this era can really bring forth a deep sense of nostalgia for this art form, and I know for my sake, my youth. So my question is, was that nostalgia enough to make this watchable? And I'm going to go first to Levi, who is in this industry a professional a professional animator how can i answer this without upsetting colleagues of mine um <laughs> wait wait was this movie made 1991 <laughs> i think people, you're right right people love don bluth like you can't you can't say anything against them but no it was it wasn't it wasn't my favorite movie i'm i'll say that um but Weirdly, like, working in 2D animation, when it came on, I got that hit of nostalgia, and I work in this every day, and I'm like, ah, cool, this feels so old and retro, like, but it's an art form that still kind of exists in my life very commonly, so it still has that really, like, old-timey look to it, which is was really fun, but it wasn't, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but it wasn't the best. Do you work every day with cells though like is that the big difference the fact that this was like an actual like pen hitting a a piece of paper rather than digital or is that something you still do every day Nah, i don't i don't work in cells thank god that that's kind of you know gone the way of the dodo a little bit like we do it all digitally this this i think was one of the last productions before everything kind of started to go digital even 2d animations so Mm -hmm. um yeah it, it it's I don't know. It's really time-consuming art form, which is why I don't want to say too many bad things about the movie. But um, yeah, like you could look directly at the animation alone, and I feel like there is a lot of good things to say because, Ugh. like, the energy of the characters. I feel like you just don't see that. Like every movement of theirs, something in their body is like adjusting and joining. Like it's um, very energetic compared to I feel like today when when they're doing animation, it's like if someone's talking, their body's like pretty much like still. Whereas when these chickens are talking, they're just fucking like bouncing all over the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a very like Don Bluth thing. That was his kind of trademark is these like overly expressive gestures and his, his animation is very fluid and always moving. Uh. Um, 
and I I have to say, like, on an animation level, I think there's a lot to appreciate. In yeah, this a film. lot of joy to it still. Yeah, but I think that like as an animator, Levi, you should be like offended by this film <laughs> and the fact that these like artists, these clearly talented artists, work themselves to the bone to service such a piece of shit, worthless storyline <laughs> that made no fucking sense whatsoever. And I know this is a kid's film, but it's an ins- insult to children. Like, yeah. y- you know, we know. And and this is, like, Don Bluth has made amazing kid's films himself. He should have known better than this. Like, what the fuck was going on well, in I- the script level of this film? Let, let me no start out by just being the apologist for this film because I went <laughs> deep down a research rabbit hole after watching this. I, I watched it last weekend and then I just finished watching it a second time. And between the two watches, I read the Don Bluth's autobiography that came out last year trying to find oh, wow. clues Every single of what guest happened. is like upping us to so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> read a biography. Because I thought the same I watched thing. this with my phone out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was literally trying not to sleep this entire film. So yeah, wow, all right. A lot of weight's going to be on me for this episode, but... Um, yeah, I you know, so the the short backstory of this is Don Bluth's company was going bankrupt like right around the time they made this movie and boy is that on screen like yeah. <laughs> he came off making like The Land Before Time with Steven Spielberg which was like massive hit, one of my favorite mm-hmm. films as a kid. Um mm-hmm. and then he did All Dogs Go to Heaven which I've never seen but like that by most accounts people really enjoy that one. Um mm-hmm. and then that kind of wasn't a big commercial hit. And then this was kind of like the final nail in his company's coffin for that time. Um, and yeah, there's just so much weird missing stuff. Like scenes end really awkwardly. Um, this, God, that voiceover is just like, Yeah, the whole oh, opening so- sequence just felt like they, like, I don't feel like it necessarily had a narrator <laughs> until they looked at the, what they had and went shit we need to like sew this up you know yeah but it, it, it like it it seemed like it was tacked on to kind of fill in gaps in the story uh-huh. but it also was put over the music in a musical yeah so, like, it me off so much I was, like, yeah. enjoying this opening number, Same. and then all of a sudden... The it's music's just... actually good, <laughs> but they don't let you listen to one song in full this yeah. entire fucking movie. They give you just <laughs> enough to be like, oh, this is good, and then suddenly the voiceover no, starts talking is... over, and you're like, piss off, piss off, I want to hear the music. <laughs> trying to hear shouts yeah. are clear. Yeah, I, now that you're saying that, it does make a lot more sense. Like, it, it does feel like a half-baked movie, and I, I did hear, like... The first production company, like it was originally supposed to be an MGM film, and then they decided not to release it at all, and then they gave it to another company, and then it changed hands again. But by the time it actually got released, like, um, it's like a film that nobody wanted. Yeah, <laughs> hard to believe. <laughs> and maybe uh... and it was part of a three picture deal, and then the other two didn't ever end up ever getting made. So, so did his yeah. company go under? Yeah, it did. Um, And then he kind of joined, I think, like the Fox Animation Studio. Basically, the day Mm -hmm. after his company went bankrupt, Fox were like, hey, you want to join our animation studio? And then uh, then Fox went bankrupt, like, a little bit. Or Fox Animation got, like, shit canned, like, pretty shortly after. He's had a really unlucky career. Like, he's done all this incredible work, and then it's just, like, through all this weird, like, market stuff. And, like, also, Disney was trying to sabotage him as well, which is a whole other thing, so... I don't know. Because yeah, he, he started his own company by... Because he was a Disney animator. He's worked on... Like, he worked on Sleeping Beauty. He worked on, like, so many of the classics. And then he didn't like the way Disney was heading when Disney were kind of going to shit a bit with, like, Black Cauldron and all that. Let me just confirm he, with the expert. Levi, is that correct? You read yes, the... Yes, uh, this is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he off, went like, off shoot and then created his own company and he stole Disney animators to do that. So then Disney always had this, like, kind of grudge against him. Imagine uh-huh. having Disney on your back. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he left and then they made Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and... He made this, so... Yeah, and oh. in, his, 
in his book, he he takes a little bit of credit for like Disney getting better because he was like the competition with me meant they had to lift their game. <laughs> sure, mate. <laughs> That's confidence. Uh, so I guess you know this is a body swap podcast. Um, so there is a body swap in this, which is a live action kid becomes an animated cat. cat. <laughs> and it just felt completely unnecessary to the larger plot. And I guess, should we do the 30-second plot summary? I, I'll try to Please. sum this fucking thing up. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I can because I don't know if I understood what was going on while I was watching it. You did really? a pretty good job already, Paul. You you opened yeah. it by saying it was a weird piece of shit or something. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Ha- it does have dream logic in a way. It's like, got magic owls. Yeah, magic owls for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> dream I, I, logic I, is so generous. I, I don't know. For sure. I'll, I'll wait till you've done the thirty second plot summary. But I have something to say about the plot that I was like, anyway, go go go. Yeah. So there's this farm on some planet and they believe that the uh, rooster makes the sun go up and then some owls attack the rooster and then the sun still goes up even though he didn't make it go up. So then he leaves, but then the sun stops going up and then a a live-action boy becomes a cat and then rallies all the the, uh, animals up to go to the city to get the rooster back to the farm. Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I was nearly there. I would, I would love to just someone to recut the movie and replace the voiceover with that plot summary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, why does so? The whole thing is that they establish that the the rooster wait, wait, makes can the we just sun start go with, up. Do you don't you don't think this is on Earth? You think this <laughs> yeah, is another planet? I'm glad we're going back to that. <laughs> Well, why did they start the film in space? A film set on a farm. Why did they start it in space? Because that's where the and then sun pan lives. Down, oh. Then pan to a planet that does not look like Earth. It's set on a... It has to be. Because then, like, it explains so much about, like, the animals. Like, like it doesn't it doesn't resemble anything in... in our society or our planet, really. The talking animals, the the fact that the live action people live in the same I got I guess realm as the animated things. Except they also also they all live in the city, right? Like so like animals live in the city, um not just I didn't, actually you don't see any but, but wait, aren't we just forgetting that this is all some kid's dream, so nothing matters, right? Like Is it though? <laughs> Like, yeah. get to that have part we of the established that? Where it's like, oh, this was a waste of time. It was a kid's dream. <laughs> the end. <laughs> but but it's not the end because then it's him in the animated world sitting on a, a fence and hanging out in the barnyard. But now he's a live action person. Yeah, but don't don't be dumb, guys. The kid <laughs> the kid was like in like colonial like there were there was some sort of like. They well, were, the they, film is apparently set in the 50s, apparently. Yeah. Like, the newspaper says it's the 50s. And the kid is, like, being, like, when the kid wakes, the mother is, like, patting his head with, like, a sponge. The kid's having, like, some, like, delirium fever thing. The kid dies at the end, and he's dancing with the cartoon. Well, <laughs> Brendan, if that's true, how do you explain that the rain stopped? <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we all know, would have just gone on forever if not if for the kid. If it wasn't for this kid going to to Animal Town and finding a rooster to come back and... Yeah. All right. No, you got me there, Levi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, al- but also, like, yeah, the the rules behind the rooster's magical powers... See, this is where I was going to say. I wanted to say, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Because, like, it was like this rooster who was like sort of beloved by the people and every day he'd get out there, he'd strut his stuff, he'd sing his song and one day he is like caught in some fight with some evil bird. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and which is not explained. Yeah, and <laughs> no, they, they explained it like some sort of like Lord of the Rings lore, like he's like 
fighting on the mountain of like uh, uh, anyway um the, he doesn't crow and the sun comes up anyway and not only do all the farm animals realize that he's like full of shit and he doesn't make the sunrise but also he does and it like it was just like this really devastating i was actually like oh wow that that sucks like he, like, it was like a, a loss of faith, you know what I mean? Like, uh, his world yeah. just got all the more smaller and he, like, leaves his people to, to out of shame. Like, I was like, this is kind of cool. Um, but then... But then the sun doesn't, doesn't come, up come up afterwards. Later, yeah. And which invalidates that yeah, whole exactly. thing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I think the reason that that works really well is because I think that might have been taken from a play that they based this off. Um, oh. And then the rest of it, where it, where it feels like it starts to go off the rails and get weird, I think that's where they were like, all right, we've taken some stuff from the play, now let's just have some fun. And uh, that's why it, that's where it just doesn't make sense that, like, there's a city and, like, is it taking place across multiple days, but the sun's not coming up anywhere? They kind of... <laughs> yeah, because at one point, like, he's like, this, they refer to everything that happened as yesterday. Yeah. And it seems like it's happened over weeks. But how did he become Elvis in less than a day? For the, <laughs> for the kids at home, the uh, cock paints his hair black like Elvis and then all of a sudden is like... A superstar. A superstar, yeah. Singing like Elvis-like songs. Yeah. I think Who, it would be respectful if you said the rooster's name, Brendan. Oh, I'd have to remember it. What is it? Cincinnati? <laughs> Can you pronounce it? Because the main character, the cat, cannot, pro- uh, the, cannot pronounce it and has to say it all the time. No, and I even noticed at the end when all the animals are chanting Chanticleer, some of them are saying Chanticleer, some are saying Chanticleer. Like, they're all pronouncing it differently too when they're chanting it. So um, They got yeah. each one to come in and say it. Individually, yep. yes, <laughs> and and that character's name is the name in the thing that it's based on. Yeah, but like you're allowed to change those things. It didn't have to be that stupid name. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is that is that what the play is called? Chanticleer or whatever. I think so. Right. Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Is it? Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. Probably <laughs> we'll say it is. Chanticleer uh, and the fox. Not only not only did Levi do his homework. But Brendan brought up Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he becomes Elvis, and it, it actually struck a lot of similarities to the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie that really? came out last year. Like the Tom Hanks character and his manager in this were almost identical in the way they spoke, dressed, looked. Was Tom Hanks dud up like a giant fox? Is that what it was? <laughs> 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 no, he had a giant fat suit. But um, but also the other similarity is this film, oh, like that Elvis movie almost treats Elvis like a secondary character in his own movie. And this is very much the same way where if this film focused on that rooster's journey, this might have been an interesting film that made sense. But the fact that it needed to then do this thing with this live action kid becoming a cat and going on this adventure to try to rescue the... It just was so scattered and gave not enough attention to either of these storylines, and then it just became nothing. And apparently they made that choice because Who Framed Roger Rabbit had come out, and they Mm -hmm. were like, ah, you know what people love is live action and animation mixed together, but let's just put a little bit of live action at the top of the tail of the film, and uh, that's our Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, yeah, so yeah. that was a, a misguided choice, I think. It would have been way better if you didn't even have the kid turn into a cat and just his friends had to go to the city to find him. It, like, yeah. it didn't really add anything. Yeah. Because then exactly. they tried to shovel in this, like, the kid w- was, like, l- learning to overcome fear or something. Like, they seemed to make that some important... He yeah, went like to some dream cat. world. Yeah, yeah. scaredy cat. Boom. Which... He didn't seem to be. He was, like, ready to go out into the elements and help his brothers and stuff with, like, an unprecedented yeah. storm. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess uh, the other thing you really see the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, like, influence was the love interest, love interest to the Elvis character, which was this sexy chicken. Sexy uh, who apparently chicken. 
uh, which apparently she, at one point she wears the same outfit as Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, like, she has like that Betty, uh, sorry, that uh, glittery red dress. Red, on. Yeah. yeah. And apparently she was originally animated with giant tits. And then in the um, first screenings of the film. They would give her a B. <laughs> the, the mothers in the audience said they were uncomfortable with the size of her breasts and they had to reanimate the breasts <laughs> to be smaller. Uh. So. <laughs> and what did the husband say? Auga! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can kind of uh, tell, like, there's parts where you, you can see they've gone in and added this, like, I don't know what to call it, like a like, kind of over bowler, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that how you would have tackled that if, if this was your... If your boss was like, Levi, make all the tits smaller. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is how I would handle it. <laughs> I guess you can't just do an eraser over it, like re repaint over every it. single yeah. cell. You can't just blur it out either; it would look way worse. So, yeah, I guess that's that's the solution. That sounds so painful as well. Like, imagine as a like maybe you can give us some insight. If like just say you were this is nineteen ninety, you're working on Rockadoodle. Your boss comes to you and says, your next month of your job is to make it look like the chicken's tits are small. Levi, you know how you, like, <laughs> would, would you be, like, satisfied going home every night and, like, telling your family this is what you're doing every day? I, you know, working in animation and explaining it to your family is a hard enough slog as it is. So uh, I would just keep telling them I was working on a on a Disney production and hope they didn't ask too many questions. I I, I, I truly do feel sorry for the people that yeah. put their heart and soul into this film because it's not. There's some things where it's like no one put effort into. Like last week's Love on a Leash, like no one put effort into this, but this has like. This has effort in every fucking frame of it. Yeah, it it could. It's one of those things that like it could have been quite good. Like I I get the feeling, and just based off like what I read about how Don Blues Productions tended to go, they would just start animating before the script was even locked down, and they would just know like, oh, okay, we got to have a scene where like Chanticleer fights a, a rooster. Let's just start boarding that and, and get it going. And then I'd be like, oh, there'll be another scene where they're looking in the city for the rooster. Let's just get someone on that now. And then the script would be kind of happening in the background. And if they were lucky, it would all kind of align neatly. But it definitely didn't happen on this one. Um, but I just want to go back to the uh, chicken's uh, tits, as you put it, <laughs> <Yeah>. Paul. Because <laughs> the chicken the fillets. <laughs> <laughs> the you. chicken the chicken breast um it's at the in the very first song there's three other chickens that are like lusting over Chanticleer. very bosomy extremely yeah. bosomy so like i don't know what was going on in this production where they some some animator was just like i don't know very uh frustrated and this was their outlet clearly <laughs> they watched duckman and something awakened in them and they were just, i can't stop drawing <laughs> oh you mean howard the duck howard the duck yeah yeah <laughs> sorry yeah duckman yeah, that's a whole other thing yeah that would have actually been quite close in time period maybe there was just something in the culture about chicken tits Ooh. maybe that's when they were starting to introduce like hormones into like and it's like a political statement oh, like no. about like you know hormones that are like food and stuff like that well i mean the lead character <laughs> the kid does i mean maybe i misheard it but i'm pretty sure he shouted i'm a furry at one point he does that's what i so apparently the line in the script is i'm all furry but because the kid has a speech impediment it came out as i'm a furry oh that's uh-huh. unfortunate for him <laughs> <laughs> um because you know when you're casting an animated feature always choose the people with speech impediments <laughs> to go, to really highlight their strengths because they're more adorable right <laughs> i don't know i see a lot of people's reviews when i was like looking up the reviews that people fucking hate this kid um <laughs> i thought he was cute like yeah, he's all right. yeah he was fine he was fine. I, and and i will say like there were genuine like like all right so the scene where the woodpeckers um claustrophobic and just like 
starting to like peck at the box they're in while they're underwater. And I actually found that sequence was quite funny in ways. Like there was a lot of uh, humor to that. And I don't yeah. know, there was there were moments, you know what I mean, Ugh. where you could see, oh, this could have this could have been better. This could have been something. But they were always mired by like. How did we get there? How did we get here? Like, there was no connective tissue between anything at because, all. Because the entire, t- like, uh, town is flooded because of this raid, yeah. yeah. That they, They're floating in a box towards the city, yeah. Um, it was strange. It was strange. Yeah, that part was excellent. And even all of the, like, the songs in the club, like, all the animation and staging there was so cool and, like, really, really yeah, fun. Yeah, the dance numbers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I loved all that. I always say, like, people shouldn't remake good movies. People should remake bad movies. And this is a film that should be remade. I mm. feel like someone could take these bones and make, like, an awesome film. Yeah, but, I agree. Like, what are you but doing? But it would still need the... to be hand drawn animated, which no one would do it nowadays. So. <laughs> what would you do with the with the Duke? Like the the entire s- plot of there being magical owls who um, are va- basically vampires who like stray away from the light and they can breathe magic. What would you do with so that part? <laughs> I would, I would, at the beginning, establish the world that this is set in establish that it's not our world and maybe do kind of a Lord of the Rings gladrial voiceover explaining the law of the world and the society that we're in before the story starts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because we're, we're, we're literally introduced to the Owl King in voiceover when he's not even present, saying, the Owl King sent someone to fight the rooster. It's like, why? Who is he? Why is any of this happening? Like, we've got no context. Can you go back to the song? <laughs> yeah. We were enjoying the song. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you talking over the song? <laughs> and, like, it annoyed me how um, the the mother... Like, they have the voiceover explaining, like, oh, the Owl King and this. And then they cut to, the like, live action. And then the mother says the exact same thing again. It's like, oh, the owl is evil and they don't like the light. And it's like, we know. You said this in the voiceover, like, 20 seconds ago. And then why did they make the voiceover the mother instead of the dog? That would the been mother's great. reading the book. And why did they think it was so funny that the dog couldn't tie his shoelaces? And that was, like, the running gag. The and that never, it. like, re- reached some sort of, like, payoff, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, there's a point at the end where he gets tied up by his shoelaces, and it seems like that would have been his moment to untie his own shoelaces, but then the, I mean, it's kind of the opposite of what he's trying to do, I guess, but the mouse <laughs> unties them, so yeah, there is no payoff. Although, fun fact, I learned to tie my shoes from this movie, because um, I had How no memory... <laughs> yeah, just... just <laughs> I used the word Velcro since the yeah. title. It's been, a, it's been a tough time, you guys. <laughs> no, I forgot that I saw this when I was a kid. And, like, when they said, like, ah, oh, like, loop it, like, over and under and through, I was like, oh, my God, I have seen this before. And, like, I remember that being used, like... And when the kid was sh- shouting, like, Chanticleer, I had, like, a trauma response where I'm like I've heard that before and then I was like oh my god I've seen this movie um, <laughs> it explains why I had that sexual attraction to chickens yeah, my entire exactly. life <laughs> but also why did shouting Chanticleer's name into the storm summon the Owl King like why would shouting the enemy's name make him come that well, made no sense. This is, I mean, this is the, the problem we were talking about before, where, like, the world doesn't really make sense because it's, like, there's the live-action world and the animation world, but they kind of... The script kind of treats it as if there's no difference to the two at all, but there is this huge vis- visual change, so... But so, also, the establishing shot of the live-action world is animated. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's just that one house that's live-action. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't understand this movie at all. (laughs) (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> There was no doubt about it. Old Chanticleer kept us animals up and shining. Good day, Mr. Chanticleer. But all that was about to change. One morning, before Chanticleer was even awake. Hey, Chanticleer. A stranger snuck onto our farm to stop Chanticleer from growing. Of course, Chanticleer wouldn't give up without a fight. But what he didn't know was that this stranger had been sent by the Grand Duke of Owls. Nasty fellow. So you heard what we thought of the movie, but how attractive did we find the cast? Now it's time for Hot or Not. <laughs> Take it away, Levi. Are they a toot or a cute? Are they ugly or boot? <laughs> Tell me, are they hot or not? <laughs> Ding. Ding. Everyone. Everyone beautiful in their own way. way. You almost had it. Almost. <laughs> I cracked under pressure. But pretty good. Pretty good. It, it proves that you've listened to us at some point. Which and you kept it want. going, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only do is one that take. from your days uh, playing in a ska band? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been practicing so, for this my whole life. I was singing on the offbeat. As a reward for singing that so well, you can tell us how much you wanted to fuck the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Peepers, voice, voice by Sandy Duncan. Wait, which one? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Which oh, one? sorry. Go- Goldie. Sorry. Was oh, it Goldie? Goldie the... was the sexy one, the really hot one. This, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. the The point of that character was it was supposed to be a hot chicken, and they they pulled it off. It's a it's a attractive chicken. I don't know how to. I'm disappointed on this podcast. I immediately have to say that the chicken is hot. <laughs> the but chicken yeah. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can't run for uh, prime minister now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did have one job to draw a sexy chicken, and they did a good job with that. She was she was a sexy chicken, but society um, made them make it PG or whatever. We yeah, yeah. A really sexy chicken. You know, it it would be. It's a bit disappointing that we didn't get to see her in her like voluptuous glory. <laughs> they cut out a whole song of her singing about oh, really? her being hot. Yeah, they have like the first two lines of it, and then that makes total sense because mm. there's this whole setup where. She's like jealous of uh of Chanticleer, but we don't see her actually perform at all. It's like, uh, why are you jealous? Like you're not a performer. I've never seen you perform in this entire film. Was uh, it because the song was about a giant cans? Maybe. <laughs> I I think that it's probably the part where they were like, We are not we cannot pay this animator anymore. That, and you like, mean <laughs> the kids didn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess, I guess I'll tell Don Blue if he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, we need to acknowledge though that it, she was voiced by Ellen Green, who is like a amazing actress, and she w- played Audrey in the movie of Little Shop of Horrors, like an iconic musical. Yeah. Um. So it is an absolute travesty that we didn't get a good musical number with this character as well so like how many different ways can one movie disappoint us the duke the duke of owls played by christopher Plummer, hot or not um (laughs) just just a not for me and it's purely because he has a monocle and you know that's not cool (laughs) and a cape geez (laughs) never trust a man in a cape I thought monocles were cool. Since when have they become not cool? I don't know. I'm an animator. I don't know what's cool. <laughs> you you should. You you determine what's cool. You put things out into the zeitgeist. Yeah, that's quite a lot of pressure. Um, You're a tastemaker. Well, then you heard it here first, everyone. Monocles are not cool. Uh, Christopher Plummer, you know, in his prime, could definitely get it. Um, in this performance... Uh, as the Duke of Owls, probably not. He he was a piece of shit. And he's um, constantly breathing on people. That's gross. <laughs> yes. And uh, he wouldn't eat the kid as a human, but turn him into a cat because that was more digestible. Well, he didn't you know? want to eat a whole human, you know? 
Hmm. No. So appar- apparently, um, in the trivia section for this film, uh, it states the film originally included <laughs> more dark Christopher elements. Christopher Plummer ate a cat <laughs> to prepare for the role. <laughs> <laughs> um, a famous one being a deleted sequence from the kitchen scene. In this sequence, the Duke bakes a live baby skunk in a pie and then eats it. Oddly enough, according to Gary Goldman, the reason this was cut wasn't because of the content, but because Blue Studio received a complaint from Goldcrest Marketing Representative that most cases of child abuse happen in the kitchen and involve baking instruments. What the fuck? Well, thanks um, for bringing that to our attention, Paul. What a bummer. But just know that there is an original version of this film where this character eats a baby. Um, the baby so. skunk, yeah. Well, you know, there's in even, this universe- even in IMDb, there's a picture of the skunk and the and the owl, so. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the skunk's so distressed. Terrified. I actually want to see this scene so bad. <laughs> That's a strange thing to take issue with. Like, so many dots yeah. have to be connected to be like, oh no, th- we can't have this. Star Ivar as the live action dad. Um, oh, you're gonna have to take me back. <laughs> Let me. Go I can't remember up. what he looks like, but you know, just because he he's a farmer and he and he's working hard, and I know how tough farmers have it in general. I think I'm gonna say hot in solidarity with farmers. I thought you were gonna say something different. I you gonna be like, <laughs> I understand how hard they work, and like they. Don't take care of their skin, and they're just. <laughs> um, uh, I thought he looked alright, from what I recall. He was wearing yeah. a fisherman's outfit, but that didn't stop yeah. him. Yeah, uh, I thought he. I assume he's hot because Paul is like bringing up, so I f- I feel like it caught his attention <laughs> long enough. <laughs> yeah, look, I I was just like, oh, we get to like actually hot or not. A, a human like being, a, a human. So being. I'm gonna take so him in. I'm gonna take this. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> You know, in relation to all the other things in this film, he would probably the most likely that I'd want to have sex with. So I'm going to give him a hot based on that. Um, and, you know, he was being a good dad. He was, like, protecting his family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, no, he, could, he could get it. Now, the mother is a strange case. So she was played by Catherine Hol- Holcomb, but actually voiced by Dee Wallace, the mum in E.T., what? Because I did notice that the voice didn't quite match her in the scene. I just thought it was bad audio. But she was apparently dubbed over by D. Wallace. And is, um, there, is there anything in either of your research to, as to what no. this was about? <laughs> no. But, um, so, yeah, but would you fuck her? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's way better listening to this than actually being a part of it. So that is... <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's a she's a beautiful woman. Um, yeah, hot. Um, yeah, I think I think she was she was quite hot. I don't like her choice of bedtime story to the child. Maybe <laughs> dark evil she... creatures in the night. Yeah, Good and night, with son. like with no narrative structure. Maybe if she had given him a better book, he would have dreamed up. A story that actually made some fucking sense. So I do hold her responsible for that. Um, Brendan, hot or not? Um, I thought she was a beautiful woman, but I couldn't stand her voice. So <laughs> <laughs> take that back. D. Wallace is an icon. He, like, but you, how can you hate the mum from ET? You can't. I, I'm trying to remember her. Let's see. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so finally, let's finish off with Glenn Campbell as Chanticleer, hot. the Elvis rooster. Yeah, hot. Right away, you're like, this This guy, he's got sex appeal, he's a good singer. Charming. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. hot. Yeah, this, this rooster fucks. Yes. Totally, <laughs> totally agree. Um, yeah, as far as animated roosters go... Pretty, pretty damn sexy. Is there a scale? Is there any hotter you've come across, Paul? Um, not, not that, none that come to mind, really. What like, about Chicken Run? The Chicken stop, Run. Oh the yeah, the Mel Gibson. Yeah, but he's like anti-Semitic, so that loses points. And uh, like Chicken Little's dad was like 
Newman from Seinfeld and wasn't looking after himself. So, yeah, no, this this definitely wins. Googling hot um, chickens really doesn't help. All I'm getting is like, <laughs> what are Um And uh, fun fact, Glenn Campbell, who voiced Chanticleer, he was like a big uh, movie star in the 70s and 80s. And uh, he was really good friends with Elvis and kind of perfected his Elvis impersonation with Elvis. And then when Elvis died, he stopped doing it and then he reprised it. For this role. For this role. <laughs> So there you go. I, I wonder if uh, if Elvis was still alive when this came out, if this would have killed him. <gasps> Jesus, I'm a furry. Well, kittens are furry. But, but I'm a little boy. <laughs> oh, did, did that come out of me? <gasps> I'm, I'm a cat. He turned me into a cat. All right. Um, now it's time for Opinion Swap, where we find some entertaining reviews of Rockadoodle from across the interweb. Uh, Silver Mania gives it one star and says, I didn't know I needed a 15-second song about running out of batteries in my life, but here we are. Yeah, that song sucked. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes, like, this battery song stinks. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like, running out of batteries, la, la, la. So it was, like, so fucking half-assed. And those batteries lasted pretty long considering like they were starting to go out and it took like well it felt it like a day or 20 minutes depending yeah we, do- we don't know how long this movie took place <laughs> could have been five minutes could have been three weeks tgdoa um doesn't give it a star rating but says things that happen in this movie chanticleer is implied to be an all-powerful god there is a clan of owls that sing about a phone having no battery the main character says i'm a fairy During an intense chase sequence near the end of the film, the main character goes into his brain and weird stuff happens. And that motherfucker from the Polar Express voices a bird. (laughs) I have to say, I probably, I would watch this over Polar Express. I never, I never watched it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, really? Like, that's the gold standard in Uncanny Valley. In Nightmare Theory. Yeah. (laughs) L uh, says, me, why do all the chickens have fat titties? Don Bluth. I know a lot of things, but I don't know about that. I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, is that a direct quote? <laughs> is he still alive? Let's say Can it. we ask him? He is I'm still alive. Sure he's, he's he's still alive. He's not doing anything. Um, he uh, there's there always is rumors that he's gonna be um making a film adaptation of that video game Dragon's Lair that he made in the 80s. Um. But it keeps getting announced and then cancelled. So who knows if that will ever happen? Well, he better get to work. He's eighty-five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wesdom Aman says, "Why does this movie make me want to jerk off to a cartoon pheasant?" <laughs> <laughs> Is that the bulk of all these, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like most of the most of the reviews are about that chicken and everyone wanting to fuck it. What about the mouse? Uh, Come on, guys out there. The mouse had no personality She whatsoever. had brains, you know? Her name was Peepers, and that's because she yeah, wore she glasses. Got- <laughs> that was her personality. What are you talking about? She she literally had read a book on how to fly, like, a, like a giant jumbo helicopter. Like, <laughs> I think I've zoned out in that bit. I don't remember that <laughs> happening at all. You don't remember her flying in on, in a giant helicopter? <laughs> And no? rescuing everyone and bringing them to the farm. <laughs> really? <laughs> Levi, I back remember- me up. Yeah, no, this happens. <laughs> ah, okay. I did see one person, they suggested the best way to watch this film is get all your friends together, give them a whole bunch of drugs, show them the film, and then the next movie pretend like the film doesn't exist. Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> So and just make them way think. To enjoy the film. Yeah, just make them think it was a shared delusion. <laughs> and I think that that's. I I know. I think that would. Anyway, um, finally, Are you uh, about Chris to do that Way. To us, Paul? Yes. <laughs> I feel sleepy. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, we have Chris Way. He gives it two stars, and he said, "Things I learned from this movie when I watched the VHS tape dozens of times as a kid. One, if your mum says to pray." presumably to God, and you pray to the tragically exiled but secretly <laughs> cosmically powerful Chancellor instead, 
you might get visited by an evil sorcerer owl who apparently can intercept your invocation from another dimension and then uses magic breath to turn you into a goddamn cat. Two, the meaning of the word bunions. Three, the difference between the words aqueduct and adequate. Four, if you run out of flashlight batteries, you're doomed. Five, if you don't think you can do anything because you're too little, just remember the power of friendship. Drive a Cadillac with a librarian feminist mouse. Teach a basset hound how to tie his shoes. You can do anything. (laughs) Six, sometimes record companies in the big city will force you into prostitution just to keep Rooster Elvis from seeing his farm buddies. That's showbiz, baby. (laughs) Because he does literally imply that she needs to, like, become a prostitute, right? Like, that was something that he does, yeah. Yeah, she was definitely sucking off that rooster on behest of the record manager. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was the other thing. The, so there's like this, this uh, is it like a baby vulture or something? Or, or a little runty vulture? Yeah, like his, I think he said it was his nephew or something. So it must have been yeah. an owl still. Yeah, nah, the, none of the, none like of the owls, none of the owls looked like owls. Yeah, Weird. none of them had giant eyes. They all had tiny little eyes. Yeah. Um, but my question is, um, so they were like, he was unable to read, like he had some sort of issue with reading aqueduct and adequate pipe. Why did he think adequate pipe meant that they were dead? <laughs> Cause that was the joke was like, he read it as adequate instead of aqueduct Either one doesn't say, oh, those people are definitely dead. But for some reason that meant. And in in reality, being shot through an aqueduct should also kill you. Because, yeah, wouldn't you like go through some turbine or something like that? Uh, yeah. 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 I like, I think aqueduct is the one you should have thought was killing. Yeah. Adequate sounds more this is to me. This is perfect for your situation. <laughs> <laughs> it will do. <laughs> the, the, that guy also had a weird thing where he pried open like the roof of the trailer, and then he went anticipation and jumped in. And I didn't understand why he said that. <laughs> and then when he was chasing the tiny version of the owl at the end, he went animation anticipation. And I was just like, why? Why is he saying these words? I don't understand. He couldn't misread anything. Don't Do you interrupt think Christopher? His flow. He was just spitting fire, you know. Right. I think Christopher Plummer, Christopher Plummer, probably gave up halfway, refused to record the rest of the thing, and they just used random grabs. <laughs> A couple of words that he had said in the show. <laughs> I bet you're right. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't jump in and say, "I quit." <laughs> <laughs> twiddly dee, twiddly dee. They're running out. They're running out. They're running out of batteries. Of batteries. <laughs> no batteries. Okay, let's get to tenuous recommendations, where we each recommend a piece of media that is linked to today's movie in some way. And a reminder, if you ever want to see a list of all the recommendations we have made on the show, head over to our letterbox page, which is linked on our website. So, my connection is, funnily enough, Don Booth. And I want to recommend a movie that I'm going to admit is not perfect by any stretch. But I really commend it for how uh, ambitious it was and how unlike anything else it is that's come out of the studio system. And that is the 2000 hand-drawn animated film Titan AE, which uh, voiced by Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore. Unfortunately, Drew Barrymore is playing an Asian character, but we'll just ignore that. Um, And also, most importantly, stars uh, Alex D. Linz, who was one of the kids in My Brother the Pig. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but uh, I think I cannot think of another time a major studio has put this much money towards a 2D animated sci-fi epic for adults. Um, I don't think it's happened before, and I don't think it's happened ever again. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And you know, uh, so Rockadoodle killed his career the first time. And this is the film that killed his career the second time. (laughs) Nobody went and watched this film. But I do have to commend that it it is going for it. 
Um, it, it wasn't trying to go for that kiddie audience. Um, it has violence. It has nudity. It has a, um, you know, a metal soundtrack on it. Like they were tri- really trying for that edgy kind of early two thousands vibe, and it, it, it it's it's there. And the animation is beautiful. It's it's kind of that uh, trend that was happening at the time where it was really mixing uh, like uh, hand shaded three D. Not even that. It was more like the hand drawn characters, but a lot of three D environments. Mm, um, and for the most part, it really works. It's, it's really is done really well there's some fantastic action sequences in here um and that really like don bluth animation style of the characters very fluid a lot of movement um and there's some really cool like uh uh, like alien uh creature designs in this as well um but yeah it's a film nobody ever really talks about i guess disney own the rights to it now um but i don't really see it on the front page of the disney plus page at any point though i think it is on there so i would recommend people just watch it as a curiosity yeah it does have a lot of problems but it's definitely worth watching at least once in your life nice have you have either of you guys seen it i reckon i saw it a long time ago um but i don't think i really properly watched it i think i kind of gave it a phone watch where i was sort of like half watching half on my phone um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i've heard a lot of good things about it so i've been meaning to like check it out again recently yeah i would recommend like if you've got a big screen at home it's that's the way to watch it because it is like it's it's animated in the cinemascope aspect ratio this was meant to be seen at a big screen and and nobody did brendan have you seen it i haven't I I should give it a go. Oh, awesome. I, I feel like I remember around that time where like Treasure Island, um, Treasure Planet, sorry Treasure Planet, and that sort of stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Atlantis. Uh, Atlant- Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like kind of boy centric animated films, yeah. like no music and male leads and sci fi oh, premises. Take me back when everything was about me. <laughs> the Iron Giant would have been around that time as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The year before. Yeah, mm. and then and then they went, "Fuck it, let's get rid of this art all the game." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Levi, what have you got for us? Um, Paul, I was convinced you were going to take my recommendation because mine uh, is also arguably not a great film, um, and the connection is also Don Blues. Um, and I think the cool thing about this movie is. There's a lot of cool little parts in it, but when they stirred it into a soup, it just created something kind of weird. So the parts are, there's roller skating in this movie. <laughs> there's a soundtrack by Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. I'm recommending uh, Xanadu. Xanadu. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Xanadu. I saw it last year yeah. for the first time, and God, yeah. is this so fun. Like, it's, it's a strange movie. It's not a good movie mm-hmm. by any means. But um, Don Bluth did the animated sequence in Xanadu. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, the songs in it are really, really fun. The dancing in it is really, really great. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame. The plot is weird and, I don't know, it's a fun film, though. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah, I would back that up. And it, it's very similar to this film in the fact that it has the ingredients for a film that could work as a narrative but they make very weird choices to make sure it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, let's make a film about a guy who a muse comes and inspires him to open a roller skating rink. Yeah. But let's make him a painter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the rich business guy <laughs> decides that a painter with no money is the best partner to open a roller skating club. That would definitely go bankrupt after its opening because they had a million people performing in there that they probably didn't have the money to pay but yeah and disgusting like parquetry floors that don't look like a nightclub and like (laughs) super bright lighting um yeah like it it is a very bizarre film but yeah the don blue sequence is quite beautiful it's uh done to the um olivia newton john classic magic um and it is a yeah an awesome sequence so yeah, I actually was considering it, so it's a good thing. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brendan, what was yours? My uh, connection is also Don Bluth. Hey. Ooh. Uh, so Don Bluth did this movie. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, in this movie was uh, Ellen Gree- Green, who we talked about from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. So, yeah. Uh, which is an awesome film, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, looking through her filmography, because I was like, what else was she in? Was she in Ghostbusters, right? I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's your recommendation, buddy. <laughs> I didn't get that far down the list, but I saw she, she was in the show, uh, in uh, the show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, uh, which I just felt like I had to to mention just because of yeah. this, the nostalgia I feel for that show. Yeah. Um, and the, the episode that she in alone is like one of my favorites, which is um, called The Time Tunnel, in which... Um, they uh, travel through time during daylight savings. Um, anyway, uh, the show didn't didn't Erie Indiana do that storyline? Yeah, everyone did that, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, the the show, <laughs> the Adventures of Pete and Pete. So they both had they so the two Nickelodeon shows had a storyline about using daylight savings to travel through time. Yes, but this one is a, a lot more of a. It's not. It has this like magical reality to it, rather than it just being literal supernatural shit. You know what I mean? It's more like a, a Charlie Kaufman <laughs> story okay. than it is okay. um, an actual sci-fi supernatural spectacular. I, <laughs> I'm not familiar with the show at all. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. So the Adventures wow. of Pete and Pete is like set. If it basically feels like it's the end of summer um, in your last years of like primary school. It's like this constant space of like anywhere usa it's it's got a lot of like um of its soundtrack is like pulled from like old stock uh like uh audio and anyway it's this it's just this weird space of like live nickelodeon shows which um were like genuinely weird but also um had some like great storylines some amazing characters and i think pin pete was a particular one that everyone seemed to understand was unique. Like the amount of cameos they had, they had like JK Simmons was in it, LL wow. Cool J, Steve Buscemi, Iggy Pop. Uh, it, it, it was just like something that I think was special. And um, I, I think it was, it's worth uh, having a look at. Yeah. Before Nickelodeon turned into like the station with all the terrible live action sitcoms for kids. They were doing like genuinely innovative, cool stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And so this sh- uh, the show is about these two brothers. They're both named Pete, um, and they just go on these weird, wacky adventures. And uh, yeah, it's it's about a brother's friendship, and it's really cool. I would highly recommend, highly recommend it. Cool. And Levi's really showing his youth by not knowing what it was. <laughs> I was alive in 1992 and 1996. <laughs> I just missed this one clearly. <laughs> and then the people who've like gone on from it as well, like uh, Toby Michelle Trachtenberg, Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, that's my recommendation. If you head over to our website, you'll see that each of us, apart from Levi, have ranked everybody <laughs> swap we have reviewed on the podcast. So my question is... Unless Levi's where- got his own list, he listens sometimes. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to work on it. <laughs> uh, so my question is, where are we all going to put Rocket Doodle on our list? I'm going to put it just below My Brother the Pig. And above Super Cool, which I feel is another movie that had ingredients to be good, but then was not good. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I would recommend anyone actually watch this. Mm, yeah, no, I I think it, it I like, if you're going to recommend an animation to watch that was a Don Bluth, like, this is not the one. No, right? like, watch The Land Before yeah. Time. It's cool. It's got dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, or I, or even Anastasia. Yes, like if you want, if you want a musical, like the music's great in that, and it actually has a storyline that makes sense. If you want like mice and birds and owls and shit, Secret of the Nymph. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I watching this, I was like, are these just like the same characters, just done worse. Like it's like, <laughs> well, it's chance all the same animals, it, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, the, the the boy that turned into the cat, the cat looked a lot like Five, even though he's a cat. He cat, looked like yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put it between. Oh, I I just want to put it below. Uh, a whisker away because I feel like there was more like even though the animation was great in this um, in a lot of ways I still feel like a whisker away had a lot more going for it so a whisker, a whisker away away, a whisker away was boring but it made sense yeah <laughs> so you're putting it between a whisker away and, and the change up because at least this didn't have any like sexual assault like that well, well that was on screen anyway yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just just baby eating um <laughs> Uh, so before we get to uh, what we'll be covering next episode, uh, Levi, tell us a bit about where we can find you on the internet, what you're working on. I mean, I've been watching this season of YOLO, Yolo. and have been fucking loving it. Yeah, so good, so good. I would recommend everybody seek out um, YOLO. Um, the, the latest season's called Silver Destiny. Uh, watch both seasons, though. This season has a lot of Timothy Chalamet in it, which I didn't expect. <laughs> it's uh, Shimothy Chalamet, if you listen closely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For legal reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just one of a, a million really, really talented artists that worked on YOLO, so I can't take much credit for that except for that i i helped wrangle the 2d department um and got to contribute yeah. a bit of animation but yeah i'm really proud to have been a part of that show so yes i recommend anyone listening gives that a watch it's on the stand if you're in australia i think it's on hbo if you're in the u.s I'm not really sure but um i also uh write comics uh and i'm putting them or i will be putting them on my instagram which is just uh god i don't even know my instagram handle i'm frantically looking for it at Levi George, um, or you can go to levigeorge.com and they'll be there. I'd highly recommend it. I I love when your artwork pops up on my Instagram feed. Thank it's you. It's always a delight. So hope you gain some new fans from being on our incredibly popular show. Uh, and I'll send my <laughs> swaths of fans to your podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy. So next episode, we'll be covering the big screen sequel to a film we all very much enjoyed uh which was shazam uh the new shazam just came out so um shazam fury of the gods where billy batson and his foster siblings who transform into superheroes by saying the word shazam are forced to get into action and stop the daughters of atlas from using a weapon that could destroy the world and this time we're gonna drink every time they say shazam (laughs) In the cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really looking cinema. forward to <laughs> uh, are, are you planning on watching Shazam 2, Levi? Nah, probably not. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen the first one. I've heard it's really fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so just like off the, the train with that stuff that to catch up is too hard. So yeah, I'll, well, I'll listen to you I... guys talk about it and that'll be good enough. <laughs> I guess the good thing about Shazam is that, uh, like, they're pretty much scrapping the entire rest of the DC universe apart from Shazam. So you don't really need to watch anything apart from the first movie to catch up on this one. So, um, yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I thought I had a good time. It's up there. The it's first, on my list. Yeah, and the still in the um, top ten. Yeah, it's one wow. of the few things in this DC kind of last chapter of the DC universe. That's I, fun. Really good in the terms of the movies, like this and probably the newest Suicide Squad with only like good one. So, wow. um, yeah, that should be a fun episode. Um, so until next time, thanks again, by the way, Levi, for joining our show. We very much appreciate it. Thanks, Levi. Um, thanks for having me. No worries. Um, and uh, sorry for making you watch this film twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't make you. That was a choice. Yeah, I'll probably watch it again uh, after this. uh but for our listeners uh again don't be a piece of shit on the ground dpw and review us on itunes or spotify 
And I was Brendan Lee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I was Paul Mitzi. And I was Levi George. And oh. I'm Levi Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> so many Levi's. <laughs> All right. See you. Bye. 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 The Swapcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Too Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.